Welcome to the Gone Grow Show with Bree and C, a podcast created to help you unplug from pop culture and into Christ. Welcome to the Gone Grow Show with Bree and C. Thanks so much for tuning in to our latest episode. We are excited to um, share with you all today. We actually are grateful because we have two new iTunes reviews that we're going to read. So thank you to um, those who sent us reviews. Our first review is from Island Sugar. Uh, She said, uh, great content to help you grow. This podcast has helped me grow in my walk with God with relatable topics and discussions such as health and fitness, singleness, and building a relationship with God. Keep it up, ladies, and God bless. And our second review comes from Bear 3 who says, very inspirational. This podcast is excellent. Just hearing the people that have featured is awesome. They are so open with how they, with how their relationship with God is. A great podcast to help grow a relationship with God. The name of the podcast sums it up, Go and Grow, and that's what these wonderful ladies do. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Rebeer3 and Island Sugar for taking the time to put a review about us on iTunes. Really greatly appreciate it. God bless you both. Yes, and if you want to leave us an iTunes review, um, you can do so by going to iTunes. Um, You can follow our shortcut link using bit.ly. It's bit.ly slash ggs iTunes and leave us an iTunes review as well. We'll read it on the show and we would greatly appreciate it. So if you are listening to the show or if you listen to other episodes and they've blessed you and um, we would yeah definitely appreciate you leaving a review um, yes we love to get your feedback yes so how's it going see how's your weekend going doing well having a good weekend it's winding down getting ready for a new work week how about yourself it's it's going good. I saw the Case for Christ yesterday, which is a a faith based movie about a man who was an atheist, but he became a Christian during his um his actually he was trying to prove Christianity to be false, but he ended up in his research saw that it was true. And is that in the movie theaters or? Yes, it just came out. I wanted to support it because it was a, a Christian movie that came out um, the opening weekend. They try to get those those numbers up so people mm-hmm. see that there is a, a demand for faith based faith based movies out there. So. And what were your thoughts about the movie? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I, I enjoyed it. It was nice to see something more positive in the movie theater. Um, just seeing all the research this man did because even as Christians we have questions like there are some things about faith i mean yes faith is believing but we also i mean we can ask questions we're allowed to be curious and those the movie kind of address those questions that um a a christian could normally have so i would definitely um yeah recommend it to people ask them to support it the man's name who who was the former atheist in the movie his name is lee strobel yeah, definitely check it out and support it. Find a movie theater near you where it's playing and uh, check it out. I'm glad you mentioned that. I have not heard of that movie until I heard you discuss that, but I will look that up and check it out. Sounds like a good look. And today on Palm Sunday, we are keeping Egypt in our prayers. There was 
an attack at two Coptic churches that left about that left about 40 people dead and um, several more in the hospital. So we're definitely praying for the families involved in that situation. Definitely. And sad what happened over there in Egypt. We want to pray for our nation as well and other nations worldwide. You know, it sounds like there's some, some dark times were, that are approaching before us, but our solace is knowing that Christ is with us and Holy Spirit is there and continue to walk in him. Even though sometimes you turn on the news, it looks fearful, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And if we hold on to that truth, we'll be able to go forward. So like Bree said, we're definitely uplifting the nation of Egypt and the whole entire continent of Africa, especially, you know, right now. Yes, yes. So Palm Sunday actually kicks off what's called Holy Week, and it's a week of Easter or Resurrection Sunday. Um, Palm Sunday is named Palm Sunday because it's the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem and there were palms laid out for him. Mm-hmm. as they welcomed him into the city. So Easter Sunday, which is next Sunday, um, is actually the top attended church Sunday. I'm not sure if that's just for America or maybe even around the world, but according to a wow. survey I saw. And I was curious to see um, see if you could guess what the other two top attended uh, Sundays are in the year. Yes, I will have a stab at it. I think it is Christmas. Christmas is one of them. I'll, I'll give you that. So okay, let's any, think. Any Another thoughts? holiday. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I don't know. Tell me which one is it, Bree? It's Mother's Day. Really? Yeah. Wow. All the moms drag their. Well, they drag. Oh my gosh! Wow. They get so all the, the family together. The mm-hmm. <laughs> Mother's Day, I would have never thought that. That's a good one. Interesting. Some more Easter trivia. Do you know where the term Easter actually comes from? Prior to seeing the answer, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being real and honest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where is it? Tell us, Brie, where did it come from? Like most holidays, people have thought that um, some of these terms we have for they they are, they originate from pagan uh, uh words and actually Easter it's not the case with Easter some people thought it was named after there's a Saxon goddess I'm gonna try and pronounce it Esoter I I think that's and it has multiple names and multiple spellings but that's not actually where where Easter has its origin it's actually found in the German word for resurrection and then here's another word I'm gonna butcher. Off Esther Hong. I'm probably saying it wrong. I tried to listen to Google German. Translate. You you said you speak German? No, I said oh. I must be German. Oh, I was like, maybe our German <laughs> listeners, oh, don't get too mad at us because I, yeah. I, I've never, I'm, you're just lucky I'm not saying it with a Spanish accent because <laughs> Spanish was the other language I learned for my lectures yeah. in school. So. Or German listeners, tell us the correction. Maybe you can send it to us. So we'd love to do that. Right. I can spell it for you. I'll spell it. A-U-F-E-S. I can't even spell it. A-U-F-E-R-S-T-E-H-U-N-G. So, and I didn't know this. I thought English was rooted in Latin, but 
actually English comes from um, German and it, it has some Latin influences in it. So that word actually got pulled from the German word for resurrection, and that's how we have we have the word Easter today, which is I thought wow. that was interesting to me. Very, you see that you go and grow here on the Go and Grow Show. Learn a little bit about English and German and different languages. Look at that, that's awesome, Bree. <laughs> <laughs> and as I've gotten older and um, learned more, I guess, about the Bible for myself, I've learned the importance of Easter and what it really means. I, even as as a Christian, like I didn't fully understand it. Um, so I really, I guess, read the Bible for myself, really done, um, had, had done some research for myself. And it's really, you know, kind of transformed how, what I've, I've learned about like Christianity and it just deepened my relationship with God so much more. So we, we definitely, uh, I'm hoping on this episode, we can kind of share that with, with our listeners as well, because yes, this was a lot of people in this country, we're, we're Christian, but it would be great if we really thought about Easter and the significance of it, because mm-hmm. the, having a surface level of faith is not, you know, something that's going to carry you through, um, you know, things in life, the tests and trials you go through. Um, when you really understand Easter and what it's done for us, how, and we'll get into this, the significance it has on our eternity and all these other yeah. things. Like it's going to, you know, it's going to definitely change your thinking, definitely going to help you reverence God more, help you understand how much God loves us. And to me, Easter has become like the most important event in history almost. And we say, I'm, I'm saying Easter, it's not your church might say Resurrection Sunday as, mm-hmm. as my church does as well. But that this event of, of Jesus dying on the cross and yeah. being raised like that, the significance it has impacts us so much and to understand right. that is is something we should all do especially as as christians it has such yeah. an impact on our um our life and our our eternity so it's it definitely does. something i'm hoping we can uh, try and share with our listeners like uh, i'm not a preacher c's not a preacher but we're just christians trying to share the good news with you all so we hope you um take away um something from this conversation that will help you absolutely one thing that I do want to say is the whole premise of Christianity stems from Christ's resurrection. Without him rising, there would be no Christianity. That's the whole basis of it. And that's what is so different from other religions. Right. That our Savior, he died, literally a death dying. And he rose the third day, literally living, breathing, rose from the dead, is no longer dead. And through accepting him as Savior, we now have eternal life, the premise of Christianity, without the actions of Christ dying for our sins, raising, you know, grabbing the keys of hell and death, I mean, uh, the keys of death from hell during those three-day period that he died and rising, there would no, there would not be Christianity. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for getting on that cross, taking those stripes, that pain for us, that's love. That's real, real love. And like I said, without that, we would not be here. We would not have Christianity. And I'm so grateful and thankful for that. That sets us aside from other religions religions and faith. And um, it, that's a big God we serve. His only son that truly did die and raise again for both you and me and every listener listening. 
So that is amazing for me. And I'm so thankful and grateful for that. Yes, there's a, I won't call it a meme, but there's a picture out there that shows a lot of um, world leaders from the past. And it says, uh, many men claim to be God, but only one God became man. And if I can mm-hmm. find it, I will put it in the show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, tweet it, Instagram it. It'll be, it'll be somewhere <laughs> on, social on our media. social media. We were talking a little bit about uh, Palm Sunday being the start of Holy Week. One of the other events in the Holy Week um, leading up to the crucifixion, as we're just giving some more context for um, leading up to uh, Jesus going on the cross, there was the Last Supper in which um, Jesus ate with the disciples and he explained to them that this is um, what's going to happen. Um, he used the bread to uh, symbolize his body and the wine they, they were drinking to symbolize his blood. He said, this this represents what I'm going to do for you. My body is going to be broken. Uh, my blood is going to be uh, spilled. People might not know that Jesus coming, being born and dying on the cross, it isn't something that God kind of woke up. Well, I'm not saying that he sleeps, but it wasn't just something he woke up and decided to do. This was something that was planned even, well, this was something that was planned right after, you know, Adam and Eve sinned. So think about that, that Jesus spent all, well, God spent all that time from the creation of man, the um, first sin of, of Adam and Eve, eating the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat, to Jesus being born. I guess when I was younger, I might have thought that it was just something random that happened. You just kind of learn, okay, Jesus came and, and died on the cross. But it wasn't just something that was just random. It was very intentional. Um, it was very, um, it wasn't just a random thing that God decided to do. And just one of those, that's just one of the things that can help you um, understand how much God loves you. It wasn't just something he just decided to do. Um, it was something that was, was planned a long time ago. We call, in fact, Jesus is called the second Adam, the first Adam, you know, we had the fall and everything got messed up. But Jesus was the second Adam that kind of was able to fix fix things for us by his death on the cross. Um, you know what? I wanted to add to that, Bree, when you talked about the Last Supper and I was listening to you and oh, I was yeah, thinking about ahead. it. Could you imagine being at that Last Supper with Jesus? And as you mentioned, he explained, this is what's going to happen. Now that tells me this is a God that we serve that'll let you know in advance. He didn't have to say break bread with the disciples and let them know what's going to happen, but he did out of care, out of love. And I think that says, that tells you the heart of our savior to me, that impresses me so much. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do any of this, but he did. But to sit down with those 12 and let them know, okay, let me prepare you for what's to come. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. And that tells us the heart of the Savior that we serve. And I think that's love and that's beautiful. To Before a big climatic event takes place, it would be nice to know in advance. So the, the, just to know that my God sat down with the 12 disciples and reviewed that with them, it's like, wow, he took time out of his day to do that. Imagine what that would have been like to sit there and break bread with him and have you have Jesus say that to you. Have you ever thought of that? You know, now that you say it, I, I, I'm trying to picture, I know we, I don't, most people have probably seen your, your grandma yes. has that picture of the 12 disciples mm-hmm. with Jesus in the middle and they're um, eating and, and drinking. Um, it's a representation of the Last Supper. I mean, to be there, I think 
I I think even though he said it, like I don't know if disciples they fully they probably didn't they were like okay we're just we're listening to Jesus I don't know if they really understood him mm-hmm. because I agree and even like a I think a lot of people well obviously they didn't like back then they were trying to wrap their head head around like who Jesus really was yes. and what he what he came to do they were so mm-hmm. caught up in um being him being a king in in certain areas like politically or mm-hmm. um a king of just in, in different ways of being a king and not understanding that he was coming for us like a, his bringing his spiritual kingdom here to earth so yes. he might have been saying that he, he i mean he was saying um giving them clues as to what these things were going to happen but i'm not sure if they the impact of it if they really understood what was going to happen i'm, I'm trying to if i was there i would hope i, I would have but i mean i don't these people they had you know the old testament they had the mm-hmm. prophecies of the prophets and and things but i don't it would have been it would have been very interesting to see that all like actually played out i mean I no having reading about these things that are going to happen yeah. and to actually see it with your own eyes i mean that must have been oh wow seeing prophecy unfold like that i that's can't imagine amazing. yeah i know that's a big prophecy and like you said that's a good point they're probably just like okay whatever yeah, i'm trying to wrap around wrap my head around who you are and now you're telling me these events to come mm-hmm. can i get some more bread please you know like yeah. this is a lot to process in your mind but yeah. i think it's so telling of who our savior is it's like a parent who knows something's going to happen. It's like, Brie, see, I need to sit with you and talk to you about something. This is what's going to happen. And because of love, a parent or a family member or a significant other will sit you down aside and discuss things to prepare you for something climatic, big event. So I think that's awesome. I'm so in love with Jesus, y'all. I am so in love with my Savior. He's so <laughs> awesome. I just had to share that. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought about it. Like, think about it. The disciples, like, they spent all they spent all their time with Jesus. So for him to say that, like, think about you, you spending, I think about what they were together, what, three years or so, all this time with this person and for them to tell you that they're going to, they're going to die. Something's going to happen to them. You're probably going to be just kind of filled with some type of grief. Yeah. To, for that to happen. Think about that's just somebody you've done life with for three years. So it probably would have been emotional to hear all of that too. Good point. Probably was very emotional. Very good point. Moving on to the actual crucifixion, which we call Good Friday. And we know that Jesus was arrested. First, he was betrayed by one of his disciples, Judas, and he was arrested and eventually placed on the cross. And for that, I would definitely recommend seeing, you know, one of those movies like The Passion of the Christ that mm-hmm. it just kind of depicts all the, the suffering that he went through. Um, and like we said, this was intentional. This wasn't something that was just a lot of people. We know that Jesus went on the cross, but it wasn't just something that, oh, he just happened to get arrested. Like these things had to happen. He was beaten he was placed on the cross which is very painful uh, i know there's uh websites out there that break down like what exactly death by crucifixion means how you um actually you can't breathe and all the different medical things that happen to your body that cause you to to die on easter sunday he was resurrected and like you said that's the thing that 
you know all of christianity is built on and it's, yes. it's funny we're talking about this because um the movie this is i guess another plug for the case for christ they went through like a lot of these these events and um talked about them in detail about i mean the man who was trying to disprove disprove christianity they the main thing is like if you, you can disprove the resurrection then you can that's essentially disproving christianity because that's the thing right. that that's uh, the thing our christianity is uh built on the significance of his resurrection is definitely something that's worth talking about. Um, Jesus fulfilled the old law and prophecies where he established something called the new covenant, which even if you're a Christian, you may or may not have heard of. A covenant is, you could say, a promise that God has made with a person. And it's usually there's some type of um, blood that's um, spilled. There was a covenant God made with um, there's one with Noah about promising never to flood the earth again. There's other other covenants out there, but this covenant is called the new covenant, where God promised that he would forgive sin. And Jesus is what we call the mediator of this covenant. His death on the cross is the basis of of this covenant. Under the old covenant, old covenants that God made with people like um, Noah, um, Moses, these covenants dealt with there's a law bless you um when like when moses had the the ten commandments there was um people had to follow things in the law there were so many rules thou shall not do this um thou shall not do that these things but this covenant we yes we have the law but we are we're under grace we can go to god for repentance this um covenant is described in in some of the uh, Old Testament books, such as uh, in Jeremiah chapter 31, where it says, The day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. But this is the covenant, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. That's Jeremiah 31. Um, 31-33. So Jesus came to fulfill the law of Moses and establish a new covenant between God and his people. And his people, we know originally, you know, were the Israelites, but now this new covenant is extending to not just the Israelites, but the Gentiles. So it's anyone who isn't a descendant of one of the 12 tribes of, of Israel. The new covenant... Really? You sound like a Bible scholar. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. I'm learning too. Okay. Yeah, and see these things. I, I didn't understand all of this stuff, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger. But in my, I guess my early twenties, and I started like really learning about all this stuff mm-hmm. and understanding like what the significance of like the new covenant is and the old, the old covenants. We in the uh, in the Old Testament, we learned about God's character, how mm-hmm. God does not tolerate sin. We saw the things that He did because people were were sinful how his wrath um, was poured out upon the world how things happened like the flood because of the sin that was in the world but now under this new covenant you know we have we have grace we have um we can go to god in repentance and the things that this um new covenant allows for us i mean we, we don't even have to you know do animal sacrifices anymore just think about that <laughs> like and if you read the Old Testament, you see how people had to kill lambs and doves and 
oh, all right all cows and all these things sin. exactly to atone right. for their sin and mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe you've never thought about why don't we do that anymore why don't we have to do that it's because jesus's blood yes was was able to pay the price for all yes. all sin for all the sin that we commit Amen. we don't have his his blood atone for um, the sin that we do. We don't have to keep killing animals, which I'm sure God got tired of. I mean, who wants to, you know, see people go out and, I mean, think about it. God killed those, I mean, God created those animals and stuff, and we're, we're killing them. I, I know I wouldn't want to go have to go out and kill a bird or a cow or something every time I sin. Like, that just, that would, wouldn't be something I would want to do. So, oh, and like you mentioned, <laughs> with this is now the new covenant, and right. anytime you do sin, you do mess up, you miss the mark. Instead of going to get a blood sacrifice through an animal, you now just go to Jesus and you go to Him to repent of your sins. He is our atonement of our sin, and instead of us having to use an animal. So, there's a big difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, which I'm so grateful like Brie mentioned, that we now can just go to Jesus and repent. No more animal sacrifice. So that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank God for grace and mercy. And his mercy. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't go on in life without it. Yes. This new covenant allows us to receive <clears throat> salvation as a free gift. It's not something mm-hmm. we have to, you know, do and, like I said earlier, um, sacrifice animals. But you know, God is with us and we have, it gives us direct access to him. We don't, in the old Testament, they had, you know, the, they had, what is it called? The Ark of the Covenant. They had, Mm -hmm. they had priests and they had all these um, rules and things they had to do with going, um, being able to go before God. And, you know, God's presence was really restricted. Now, you know, God, and we'll get into more about the Holy Spirit. He actually dwells within us. And there was just so many rules and things. And the sin just separated us further and further from God. But this uh, Jesus' death on the cross reconciled us to him, um, gave us direct access to him, saved us from, you know, a spiritual death. You know, there's a good replica of mm-hmm. what you're describing, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. TBN has that amusement park in Orlando. What is the name of that spot? I've been the Holy Land. Times. The Holy Land. For some of our listeners here in Florida, if you've not been, what Bree's describing, they have a very good replica at this park called the Holy Land, and Trinity Broadcasting Network is over that. And it's really good. You could see it firsthand to see what Bree's talking about, and it's amazing. So I'm glad that our listeners get to hear your teaching, what you're saying, but you may want to check that out or even Google it or look into it or YouTube so you can see the significance of this is really huge. I don't think I might have gone when I was little, but I can't. I have to check it out one day. Yeah, you I'm should. Hoping, You'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm really hoping I can check that out. Mm-hmm. But just to, um, if you want more information, there's a, and we'll post this in the show notes, a list of 10 reasons Jesus came to die by John Piper. I guess it's a little like pamphlet or something people can pass mm-hmm. out but they also mm-hmm. have a, a copy of it online and, okay. and it has a list of 10 reasons that why jesus came to die and it just talks more about the significance of the uh, crucifixion and one of them and these are like really good points that i didn't even think about um 
just things to, I mean, in addition to bringing us closer to God, to giving us eternal life, um, there's um, points like to take away our condemnation, uh, to show Jesus's love for us. And he even, um, this is an interesting point, he's, he even said to give marriage a deeper meaning. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I was like, hmm, yeah, exactly, just like that, because it gives us an Wait, example. Say that again. It says marriage. to give marriage yeah. its deeper meaning, because you know there's what? a scripture that says, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. If you think about it, if Jesus never came, like we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have this example of like Amen. love, like a like action to show. How yeah, much you love her. Ex- exactly. Yeah. This act. Uh, action, this act of of love, of the sacrifice. Um, that was done and even as Jesus lived just having a savior that we can relate to and um, a savior who understands our suffering um, yes someone who you know went through um, all these different things he was tested by by Satan he was you know he went through his own temptations he went through his own pain and suffering but so when we you know as I said he's the mediator of this new covenant so when we go to him it's not like we're going to this God who's you know far far away who doesn't understand what we what we've gone through there's even I I didn't even know we were going to get to this but there's scriptures that talk about um how we can go to a God who understands us who has gone through the things that we've gone through I mean we've all gone through pain before but Jesus came here and experienced the ultimate pain on the things that he went through through death his the things leading up to his death being on uh the cross suffering in the most painful of ways for us and i mean i could i, I was about to go out, go on a tangent there but i will <laughs> yeah. post a link to that in in our show notes because then i was going to get to you know us still continuing to live the same way that we we did before we came in in the knowledge of that which is a I'm whole other episode <laughs> On the Go and Grow show, we've got our own Bible scholar here, guys. Oh. Bree. <laughs> uh, just someone who, and I, I believe, like, you know, we're, we're, to be the Christians that we say we are, we need to, you know, I mean, if Christianity is the foundation of who we are, then that should be what we, what we, in order to base our lives around this, we have to know it. We have to read mm-hmm. the Bible for ourselves. We have yes. to get in the word, uh, you know, that's spend right. time in prayer. Like that's, if that's we right. claim to be Christians and let us, that's you know, right. read our manual. Amen. Cause a lot of other religions, <laughs> they know their manual in and out. And a lot of us don't. So oh. that's right. Bree. Yeah. Preach, preach, preacher. <laughs> But yeah, we'll post a link to that in in our show notes, so you yes. can read it and uh, look at those those ten reasons. Sounds good. So, getting into so once we we were talking about Easter and resurrection, how Jesus was resurrected, and as he as he rose from the dead and he appeared to the five hundred. Um, as he was preaching and teaching, he did some uh, some things, and then he ascended into heaven. So, at, as he ascended into heaven, he left us something that would dwell within us. And as Jeremiah was saying, that his law is not just written on tablets of stone like they had in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but now it's written can be written on our hearts. Now. We can have God with us, dwelling within us through the Holy Spirit. 
and yeah. I know you wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit more, so I will uh, let you start that well, conversation. I'm certainly not going to go as in-depth as you did. <laughs> I'm not in Bible scholar mode. I think that's awesome. I'm looking at you. I'm so amazed, so impressed. I think that's so awesome. But Holy Spirit, like without him, there is no way we could continue on. I believe in anything that you do when you're trying to make a decision, consult with Holy Spirit. You've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and your Savior. So you have his spirit dwelling in you, within you, and that is Holy Spirit. And he is an actual real person. He is a gentleman. Some people call it intuition. Some people say it's an inkling. I know it's Holy Spirit when I can come in someone's presence or uh, a word is given to me, a word of knowledge or prophecy. That's through divine Holy Spirit revelation about that. So um, I'm so thankful that God, Jesus before ascending up to heaven, left us his sweet Holy Spirit. And I'm so grateful because even driving in your car, taking a train on the bus, you can converse with him, you can talk with him. And that's what he wants. He wants that relationship with us. Uh, earlier today, I went out with a friend and we met a perfect stranger and they had some issues in their life about things. And I said to them, I said, you know what? God is concerned about, they were worried about whether they were going to get married or not because I went to a wedding this weekend, which was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. But this individual who was a perfect stranger to us just felt like, because we said, oh, we went to a wedding and they're like, I don't know if that'll ever happen to me. I hope so. And I said to her, you know what? If that's a desire of your heart, talk to God about it. Trust God. He wants to be in every detail, every part of our lives, our courtships, our marriages, our engagements, our work, issues on the job. You can talk to Holy Spirit. You need his strength. He's a comforter. And her eyes, she had a little twinkle, little twinkle in her eye like, wow, you know, because we hear of Holy Spirit. We hear of Jesus. We hear of Father God. But do we really apply them in our everyday lives? And God is just waiting on us to do that. So, yes, you can talk to the Holy Spirit when you need guidance. You're not sure what to do. You're trying to make a decision about a job. You have two offers on the plate. You have offers in courtships or potential marriage or whatever. This is a trip that's coming up. You need to seek Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this is what's going on. I need your peace. If I don't feel your peace for it, I'm not going to move. You give me your peace. I want your, just want your will to be done, Father God. Show me. And he wants that relationship. willing to have it. And I'm so grateful that our God is such a God that like you said before, Bree, before he ascended into heaven, he left with us his Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit only dwells within those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. So it's very important to seek him, accept him as Lord and Savior over your life. And I'm so thankful that I serve a God that because of us accepting Jesus into our lives, I know that that transition, eternity, is heaven. That's the promise that was made for to us. And uh, that's basically what I want to say. What about you? Any thoughts about Holy Spirit you want to talk about? Yes, the Holy Spirit is very important. And I just wanted to, um, there's, if people want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, I know there's lots of books um, out there and sermons, but I would say start off with Scripture first and just kind of read over it and then add on some there's some sermons out there um by and i would say even i know 
in now in 2017 you might not want to but there's some theologians from the past like um toast <clears throat> sorry like aw tozer has um a sermon series on uh, the holy spirit and we'll put some mm. links to these um in the in the show notes but like aw tozer which is a, a known theologian from the past um john piper who wrote the pamphlet that i talked about mm-hmm. earlier 10 reasons jesus came to die um, he's more a little more modern, and there's even some more contemporary preachers like a, we've mentioned uh, Cornelius Lindsay before, um, Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, he has a, a sermon on on YouTube about the Holy Spirit to check those out. But starting with scripture, um, I would start with like the Book of John, and uh, especially chapters 14 and 16. In John 16. I'll read these um, verses 5 through 15. Just kind of gives you an overlay of um, what the Holy Spirit is and what what his purpose is. Mm-hmm. And this is um, Jesus talking. It says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he will, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no, you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I will. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose to you. So right there, that tells us that the Holy Spirit convicts us. And that means, like you said earlier, the thing that is telling you what to do, what not to do, what's wrong and what's right. Um, Especially for, like you mentioned, through peace. Like I definitely have had to um, see where I have peace when I'm making certain decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Times in my life, I'm going through things about like, when I graduated from college, um, I had to decide where I was going. The company that I was working for, they gave me all these different choices of where I was going to um, be working at. And I had to just go with my, my piece in that situation with all those options. Um, conviction is, as Christians, you, like I said, sin is the thing that separated us from God. And once we become Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We are you know, allowing him to, to teach us right from wrong. We want to be as close to God as possible. And the more um, we get convicted of our sins, the more we, you know, we enter a relationship with God. We're more open to, you know, hearing from him and being obedient to what he would have us to do. And think about it. When we are living out the purpose that God has for us, we're going to get there quicker. Um, We're going to get there, you know, 
even though you know God's timing is is perfect but there are certain things we can do in disobedience to stop us from getting to where we need to be like look at the people That's of Israel true. they wandered around for 40 years <laughs> and when it was bless you when it was God's Thank will you. for them to go into the promised land so we can delay our promise by yes. being out of the will of God so Absolutely. we stay in the will of God by being obedient getting convicted and even it can be it doesn't have to be like some big thing. It could just be little decisions that we make every throughout the day. Because um, if you can't, you know, obey God in the little things, how are you going to, you know, work up to obeying him in the big things? Absolutely true, Yes. So, yeah, the Holy Spirit is very, very important. Um, you know, all these things that Jesus did, the scriptures reference, you know, spirit. Like, even Jesus being born... He was, you know, conceived. It was the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary. So, like, there are all these things that the Holy Spirit has done. And we can, you can look up um, scriptures that kind of um, show you, like, how the Holy Spirit was active um, throughout uh, Jesus' um, uh, life on earth. All the things he did. Um, He ministered through the Holy Spirit. He um, ascended to heaven through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit builds us... um, not only does it convict us, but as we, you know, walk into, um, walk with the Holy Spirit, we're developing God's character within us. Like we have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, um, peace, patience, all those things. We're, we're becoming more and more, um, like Jesus. And you can, if you want to hear more about the, the fruit of the Spirit, I guess we can, I, I did a podcast on, I was a guest on the Right to Real Love uh, radio hosted by Jay Mayo, where we talked about the fruit of the spirit, but developing God's character, all these things that we do um, through the Holy Spirit. So it's definitely, definitely important. If you are listening to us and you um, might not be a Christian, you might be thinking like, how do I receive the, this Holy Spirit, or how do I get that? Um, how do I receive that? We would just we would tell you to um, once you've accepted God into your heart, and we we pray that's our our prayer for you. That's the best decision you could ever make in your life is to accept Jesus Christ as your um, Lord and, and Savior. Um, and once you um, confess that, then you receive the Holy Spirit, and then we would um, urge you to get. Um, involved in a local church where you can hear yes. God's word being preached. Um, that's, and that's it. Like we don't, there's no, um, you don't have to, uh, have to, some people are scared of the Holy Spirit. They think it's something that you mm-hmm. just fall out. You, 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 right. you might just see people, you know, falling out in mm-hmm. church services and think that's and what that might happen. The whole, I mean, it could, but that's not yeah. what right. the only thing the Holy Spirit is about. There's yes. so much more, um, than that, and the, the things that we mentioned earlier about being convicted right. of sin and um, being uh, something that allows you to become more like like God, learning, um, l- displaying His character more. So, because yes. you'll have His Spirit dwelling within you once you accept His Son Jesus Christ. Right. Yes, yeah. you got it. Hopefully, you've we've uh, taught you, um, or even just reviewed some things about um, Easter and its significance as as a Christian to us, why it's probably the most important um, event in history for us as as Christians. I think think it was Paul that said if Christ 
didn't resurrect, then, you know, everything else is kind of almost kind of pointless. Um, that's the thing we base our faith on. And it's, yeah. it's very um, crucial to us as Christians to understand the significance of, of Easter. So is there anything else you want to say about Solid Sea? What I want to say is, Bree, I love that hearing you do your biblical teaching and this podcast, just you and I know when being interviewed, we I learned and I believe our listeners got a chance to go and grow as well hearing your teaching. And I could tell you put so much thought and putting everything together. It was beautiful. I think that's so awesome. And I'm really praying and believing that the listeners who may not be familiar with our God, the insight that you gave is going to really be helpful to them. So that was awesome, Bree. Yes, that's definitely my prayer that we yes. um, understand the the depth of the love that God has for us. Amen. Um, and what it led him to do and what it what his love has allowed us now to do, um, to live under grace, um, to be able to spend eternity with him. So that's definitely yeah. my prayer. You know, I've heard and seen so many different commercials about DNA and ancestry and like ancestry.com. And um, I think that'd be so cool and interesting to find out what our heritage is and where we derive from. And Bree, you got a chance to do your DNA. And when I got a chance to look at it, it was so amazing. I plan on doing that in the next couple of weeks or months to come because I think it'd be fascinating to see where my heritage came from. Tell us a little bit about your DNA, what you found out, and what sparked you to want to do that. Well, there was two main things that kind of sparked me getting interested in my family history. Um, the first one was my family reunion was coming up, and I was kind of um, trying to put together some things to just to show our family history. I wanted, I was curious to see how far back I could go um, after talking with some of my um, older family members and just being able to record all that history down somewhere. And the second one, as we talked earlier about the generations between Adam and Jesus, they're all documented, like, just so carefully in the Bible. And, you know, it's like, Adam begot this person, and this person begot this person. So seeing those uh, those those family lines, that was another reason I decided to try on my DNA that's but, something I definitely I would like to do and do that within the next couple of weeks or so. I mean, we're both African-American and I think it's really cool. Um, both of my parents are from Haiti, but in like Haitian culture, I there's a certain area of Africa that I've been told that we stem from. And not only that, I know on my mother's side that um, some descendants come from Belgium. There were three brothers. Two came to the U.S., from Belgium and one landed in Haiti and my mother's bloodline was formed out of that. So I, I look forward to see what generation, like what my DNA says. I wonder what other areas in the world that I mixed, you know, in my bloodline. I think that's so cool to find out. Tell us, what, what did you find out? Where are you from? 86% from Africa and 12% from Europe. And then Africa, it's kind of split between um, two regions, the Cameroon slash Congo and the Ivory Coast slash Ghana. So those are both in Western Africa where yes. um, the the slave trade happened. So I kind of was expecting that. But it's still interesting to see 
um, those countries. And I was even I was able to trace my actual like my family back to um, a plantation in wow. in Georgia. So that was also interesting. Um, just seeing. Is your family from Georgia? Yes. My oh, what well, wow. my mom's side most yeah my mom's side I was able to trace back to the plantation my dad's side I haven't gotten quite back um that far back yet I'm still doing some research on my dad's side but yeah wow I, well, that's interesting you have, you have other countries and nations that you found out about where else well I mean those are the main ones in Africa in Europe the highest percentage from over the countries was Scandinavia so that is that was that was interesting Um, yes definitely interesting so we can have some Scandinavian listeners might be related to Brie or (laughs) someone from the country of Ghana may be a relative of Brie or Congo so that's super cool I look forward to seeing what mine is once I get my DNA results I gladly will share on the Go and Grow show where C is from so I just wanted to um, tell you and our listeners there we we I think before we've mentioned the Sankofa experience, which is a podcast ho- hosted by um, Mr. Robert Jelinas. Gel- yeah, he, he gave us a shout out. Yes, he his he's very into um, genealogy and researching. If you support his, um, I think his podcast on Patreon, you get a chance to win a DNA test. We'll put a we can put a link to his um, show in our show notes as well. When okay. I took the DNA test, it showed me like people on that they they track like all the results I guess of the people who take that test. So they showed me um, people I could be related to on that site like second cousins, third and fourth cousins, and so on. And they actually they matched me with I, I have a cousin who's on the site as well who's taking the test and then they were it, it was like alert this person is your cousin i was like <laughs> oh i mean i already knew but it was cool that they were able to match me with with that person so that was it was interesting i guess that it just is, speaks to the the validity of their tests how accurate they are that is so interesting see i'm glad you said that i'm going to mention that to my dad because i said to him i want to do my dna he's like oh that's all made up they'll just tell you whatever well, now I have scientific proof that my friend Bree has done it, and they did link <laughs> her up with her very own cousin. So there you go, Dad. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But once I get my results, I will certainly come on the podcast and review them. They're very interesting to see where I got this really round face and these dimples from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So... We talked a little bit about DNA, and now we're going to go into some more health-related topics, or a topic, because we're not going to go multiple topics. But I want to discuss sleep apnea, and I want to discuss this because, one, off of the show, I'm a registered nurse by day and by night. I'm doing this show now. I'm not Superwoman or Superman, but um, I also was recently diagnosed with sleep apnea, and I thought this would be a great forum and a great way to bring some light to what it is. Some people may have heard of it and may not know what it is. So I want to talk about sleep apnea, what it is and how it may affect you. And I gathered this information by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Um, I like going to the National Heart, Lung and Blood Institute, also known as the NHLBI. They have a lot of evidence-based information on there that you can look up. But Sleep apnea is a common disorder in which you have one or more pauses in breathing 
or shallow breaths while you sleep. When I was discussing this with my doctor specialist, I wanted to know what is a time span? How long is it? Um, he said that in order to give a diagnosis of sleep apnea, it has to be 10 seconds or more. Upon my research, it said that breathing pauses can last from a few seconds to minutes, and they may occur 30 times or more an hour. Typically, normal breathing will start again, and sometimes with a loud snort or choking sound. When your breathing pauses or become shallow, you'll often move out of your deep sleep and into a night, a light sleep, but you don't want to stay in the light sleep. And as a result of just being in that light sleep and not going into the deep sleep, the REM phase, the quality of your sleep is going to be poor, which will make you very tired throughout the day. Sleep apnea is also one of the leading causes of excessive daytime sleepiness, motor, ve motor vehicle accidents, and on-the-job work accidents and poor performance. And the most common type of sleep apnea is known as obstructive sleep apnea. And in this condition, what happens is your airway collapses or becomes blocked during your sleep. This will cause you to have shallow breathing or breathing pauses. And when you're trying to breathe, any air that squeezes past that blockage will cause a loud snoring. Now, obstructive sleep apnea is more common in people who are overweight, but it can happen and affect anyone. Now, what can happen when sleep apnea is left untreated? It's not good. I didn't know this for years that I had this, although like when I would go to sleepovers or visit other family members, they would say to me, hey, see, when you were sleeping, it seemed like you stopped breathing. And I just laughed it off. I'm like, whatever. But then I started having some of the signs and symptoms of feeling very sleepy during the day. And and I started having some of those symptoms that were not pleasant. And that's when I went to the sleep study clinic and got that done and got a confirmed diagnosis. But I wanted to mention that untreated sleep apnea, what happens is when it's left untreated, it can increase your risk of high blood pressure. Mm. It can cause you to have heart attacks, strokes, obesity, and diabetes. I, would, I noticed that I would start waking up with chest pain. And I would wake up with headaches and feeling kind of lightheaded and dizzy. And I was like, what is going on? So they, the doctor reviewed and said, I mean, they, the sleep study revealed that I stopped breathing 32 times an hour. That was kind of scary to hear that information. Yeah. But wow. yeah. And I said, you know, I was like, well, that might explain why I'm having the chest pains from time to time. They said, oh, absolutely. Like your heart's working harder to compensate for the lack of oxygen that you're not getting because you're not taking those breaths. Sleep apnea is a chronic condition that does require long-term management. What are some of the long-term managements? Lifestyle changes like weight loss, exercising, who may be at risk for obstructive sleep apnea, that common condition? Well, according to the research, it says about half of the people who have this condition are overweight. I was told I had a mild to moderate uh, diagnosis of it one of the first doctors said, oh, just lose some weight. Just lose a couple of pounds. I think I lost about 10 pounds. You'll be okay. No, it didn't go away for me. It continued. And my father has sleep apnea and one of my brothers, actually two of my brothers have it. So it's also, I did research and found out it is hereditary. Some of the major signs and symptoms of having sleep apnea is loud, chronic, ongoing snoring. But like I mentioned, not everyone who snores has sleep apnea. You'll see that someone that has obstructive sleep apnea will have pauses in their snoring. 
are choking. They may wake up choking or gasping for air following the pauses. I've had that happen and that was very, very scary. Another common sign of sleep apnea is fighting sleepiness during the day. And, oh, it's not fun. People are trying to figure out, why are you so tired all the time? You're tired at work. You're tired while driving. You may find yourself, like, rapidly falling asleep during the quiet moments. You're just sitting in the middle of traffic or you're sitting doing your work and things got quiet and you're not active. And all of a sudden, you may want to go to sleep, even after sleeping the night before. Other symptoms that you may, if you notice, any of the listeners, if you're waking up with morning headaches or you're seeing that your memory or learning has gone down and you're not able to concentrate, or if you're seeing that you're feeling very irritable, depressed, having mood swings or personality changes, if you notice that you're waking up frequently to urinate or you're waking up with a dry mouth or sore throat while you're waking up, those are common signs and symptoms of someone that may have obstructive sleep apnea. So you may want to discuss with your doctor. Well, it sounds like um, if someone thinks they have it, they should definitely go get uh, get it checked out some. Like it's not something you want to just sit on and kind of guess yeah. at. That they need to get more information from their from their doctor, like you did, go to a clinic and see if they could have that get have a diagnosis of sleep apnea yes i went to my pulmonologist and he has a sleep study clinic that they um, run these tests and you have to go there overnight and they have ekg wires uh, wires in your head and your scalp they had to put all this kind of gook in my hair I, ha- I was wired from head to toe and while you sleep they're monitoring you but ways to eliminate or lessen your chances of getting uh, obstructive sleep apnea is avoid alcohol or medicines that make you sleepy because what happens is those, you know, alcohol or medications that make you sleepy make it harder for your throat to stay open while you're asleep. And if you are overweight or obese, try to lose some weight. And believe it or not, even losing 5 to 10% of your weight can improve your symptoms. And if you sleep on your back, not a good thing. Try to sleep on your side because that helps to keep your throat open. And if you smoke, please quit. So common treatments of sleep apnea, I'm just going to discuss the CPAP machine. And some people may have heard of what that is. It's a breathing device, and CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. And it's the most common treatment for moderate to severe sleep apnea in adults. A CPAP machine is a machine you use when you sleep. You put the mask that fits over your mouth and nose, or there's some more advanced ones that just you put over your nose and it breathes and it, the machine will blow positive air into your throat. And that pressure, what it does, it helps keep your airway open while you do sleep. So you, if you're in that stage REM or the deep sleep and your body gets too relaxed and your throat's trying to close up, that CPAP is going to blow in that pressure to say, oh, no, open up. Don't go, you know, don't obstruct her airway or don't obstruct his airway. The first night that I used my CPAP machine, I felt amazing, Brie. I think I shared this with you. Like, I would wake up in the past feeling so lethargic. I would have slept for seven hours, waking up feeling as if I only slept for two. And the first night I used the CPAP machine, oh, my gosh, I was up in Adam. I went to the Zumba class. I vacuumed my car. I washed my car, I did some cooking, and then I went on a Segway tour all in the same day. I would have never had the ability to do that without the CPAP machine. Wow. Well, um, yeah. Praise God that you are feeling 
better and it's improving um, your lifestyle. You're able to do more with the, the yes. machine. Yes, absolutely. It's If you're seeing that you have some of those symptoms that I mentioned earlier, please just go seek out your primary care doctor and discuss with them if they feel like you need to have a, either you could have an in-home sleep study done where they monitor you while you're in your own bed, or you may get a script to go to an actual sleep study lab where you sleep in-house and they watch you and they monitor you. I think the actual sleep study in-house or at the clinic or facility is more accurate than the um, one that you do at home. So I just wanted to share my experience. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I I mean, I've heard of sleep apnea. I've, I don't think I've known someone who has it. So it's um, just interesting hearing about it for someone who has a personal experience with it. So, yeah, thank you. You are absolutely welcome. And if anyone has any stories about um, sleep, sleep apnea or family member on a CPAP machine, a BiPAP machine, there's different kind of machines depending on what the doctor feels is best for you. Please let us know and we'll we'll discuss it. We'll read what you have to say, what your experience is. Or if there's a health topic that you're interested in wanting to know more information on, please let us know. I would gladly bring out some information and discuss with you because we do want you to grow and grow go and grow biblically, spiritually, mentally, health wise as well. Physically. Yes. We want you to be whole in every area. Amen. And financially. That's coming up to not on this episode but in a future episode <laughs> you giving, the, <laughs> like, giving them sneak previews and stuff yeah sneak previews hey you know so yeah. i'm so glad that you and i got a chance to touch bases with each other and it's been a while since you and i had a podcast of just you and i talking and giving out information to our listeners and um it's been really real yes it's been been great um we thank you again for uh tuning in um, if you have any, like she said, if you have any questions about something we talked about, like with Easter or um, even sleep apnea or DNA testing, give us, or if you've done one, let us know where you're from. Yes. We're, we're curious. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, happy Easter to everyone, both here and abroad. And Bree, that was phenomenal. You were just awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Have a blessed week, guys, and a blessed month in the month of April. Yes. Have a blessed month. Follow us on social media. Check out our website at www.goandgrowshow.com or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our handle is Go and Grow Show. Please don't forget to leave us an iTunes review and remember, share the fun and share our episodes with family, friends, coworkers, or anyone that wants to be encouraged.